Welcome to Citizens Climate University. This is a weekly webinar program from CCL that provides CCL supporters with access to in-depth training opportunities on topics that are related to climate change and effective climate advocacy. So I'll be your host and your speaker tonight. My name is Sabrina Butcher, and tonight's topic is focusing your grasstops outreach. One of the most critical elements of building political will for strong climate legislation is spotlighting support from business, civic, and faith leaders in your local district. So this training will help you personally research your member, find major employers, focus your grasstops outreach, and prioritize the community leaders who are important to your member of Congress. As I said, my name is Sabrina Butcher. I'm your host, I'm your speaker. I'm also CCL's action and endorsement coordinator, as well as the leader of the Grasstops Engagement Action Team. We have three learning goals tonight. The first is to learn how to conduct research on our MOCs to figure out which types of community leaders will have the greatest impact on them. The second is to target our local outreach to major employers who are or will be affected by climate change and climate legislation. And our third goal is to find the best way to highlight support from Grasstops leaders and deliver that support to Congress. For our agenda this evening, we'll start by going over why we use Grasstops engagement and connections to influence our MOCs. That's members of Congress for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, then we'll go over a few types of research you can do to figure out which people and organizations will have the largest impact on your MOC. We'll hear some examples of how this works from the perspective of Capitol Hill and from CCL volunteers. And finally, we'll talk about highlighting and delivering Grasstop support to Congress before I get into questions. So please hold on to your questions until the end, or you can pop them in the chat and I'll make sure to answer them during our time for Q&A. So I'm gonna get into some quick background and highlight some resources from the Congressional Management Foundation. They conduct research with congressional offices. So they've studied hundreds of interactions over 40 years through surveys of actual members and staffers of House, um, from the House of Representatives and from the Senate. These polls that they conduct, whoops, sorry, scrolled way too far there. <laughs> um, these polls that they conduct continue to highlight how our voices at CCL make a difference and how our voices as constituents make a difference because 93 of them agree that interactions with constituents are important for democracy. And I'm sure 100% of you on the call tonight, 100% of everybody that will listen to this afterwards also agree that constituents are important for democracy. 91% uh, of staffers surveyed agreed that it would be helpful to have information about the impact of a bill or issue, um, information about how um, it would impact the district or the state. However, only 9% report that they receive that information frequently. Similarly, 79% said a personal story from a constituent related to the bill or issue would be helpful, but only 18% said they report or they receive that information frequently. Obviously, when CCLers meet with Congress, we're in that 9%, we're in that 18%. So we're doing an awesome job. 
But the next level beyond that would be to bring a community leader to your lobby meeting um, or their testimony or some other form of their support because that can further help provide the context necessary to sway a member that's undecided about a piece of climate legislation or at the very least help to move that needle. Tonight's focus will be on building these essential grass tops connections with community leaders who are influential to your member of Congress. To understand what CCL means when we use the term grass tops, consider the contrast in the following pairs in which grass tops leaders are the latter of each pair. So grassroots outreach refer, um, offers limited connections with the people living in your community who are interested in climate activism where grass tops outreach has the possibility of many connections with many community leaders who are influencing large groups of people both in and outside of where you live. They also may know other community leaders who they can connect you with. Grassroots work has a small economic footprint of one person or one household, but grass tops work has a larger economic footprint of a business, a place of worship, or an entire municipality. And finally, grassroots work has an individual focus, while grass tops has a larger community-wide focus on major employers, large associations, faith organizations, businesses, and local or state-level elected officials. These business owners, faith leaders, instructors, and local officials usually have extra influence in your community, and some of these grass tops leaders are already trusted me messengers to their members of Congress. This is a great CCU to be at right now, since this month we're asking volunteers to put our new endorsement form to use. After tonight, you can plan to meet community leaders you know who have not yet endorsed a CCL-supported policy or bill. You can further your relationship with them, give them a brief CCL update, and then when the time is right, ask them to endorse carbon pricing or carbon cash back on our new endorsement form, which I will give you the link for later when we go over resources. Um, now we'll talk about researching your member. Instead of getting endorsements from random community leaders who may or may not impress your MOC, we're going to use a more methodical approach. Doing research ahead of time will save you time and make uh, a bigger impact on your member of Congress. First, by finding ways to connect with your member on their interests, their past, and issues that are important to their district, Second, by highlighting community leaders and trusted voices that will be most persuasive to your member. And finally, by creating a more methodical approach to balance your priorities and use your time and resources wisely. Now I'll get into some tools that will help you balance knowing what to prioritize in terms of where you already have active leads with your group's connections and who may be most strategic to uh, reach out to in order to influence your member. As you start your research on your member of Congress's priorities and top constituencies, look into three key areas, legislative interests, personal interests, and their relationships. When you start your research on your member of Congress, you'll start with these areas. For the legislative profile, find out about your member's stance on party issues, what leadership they have in the party, what committees they serve on, what causes or policies they champion, and what bills they've co-sponsored. For their relationship profile, 
learn the background behind your member's key staff, their family, their spouse, their relatives, major donors, who are their friends in Congress, and who are they connected to back home in their district. Finally, take a look at their, their personal profile. Look into your member's background. What are their religious beliefs? What schools or colleges did they attend? What was their profession before they joined Congress? And what clubs and interests do they still participate in? Any of these categories can help you find community leaders that will genuinely interest your MOC and may already be trusted messengers to their office. Here are some ideas of how to start conducting your research. Start by conducting a relationship inventory from your chapter. Who do volunteers in your chapter know that possibly have uh, connections in Congress? Use the research process we're talking about right now to find new connection points in your community, like attending the same church, having kids in the same school, or even frequenting the same restaurant. Uh, you can also try using a quick survey for volunteers in your group as they get more involved in Grasstops outreach. Ask them if they've ever met your member of Congress or their staff or even a different member of Congress. Do they have connections in the second, third, or fourth degree? Do their daughters go to the same school? Do they know someone that attends their local church? Does an old colleague of theirs share the same work background? Your chapter might have connections you don't even know about until you start asking these questions. If you have a chapter or volunteers in the MOC's hometown, you may uncover even more connections that way. So make a point of asking people in the right locations. And use a system for organizing what you collect. Whatever works for you, it's important to have a system to capture what you find. A lot of volunteers like to use a Google spreadsheet that can be shared with all volunteers working on grass tops in your chapter, as well as chapter leadership. Others use other database programs. It's entirely up to you and your grass tops engagement manager if there is one in your chapter. A few years ago, most everyone worked independently and kept track of notes and grass tops leads in the grass tops engagement tracker. These days, having a shared system that's internal to the chapter works a lot smoother. Um, so what should you write down in your tracking system? You should take and store notes on your fellow volunteers' quality relationships, how trusted they might be by the legislator, what kinds of skills they have, what other connections they have themselves, and how much will these connections do to help further our goals. Okay, so I'm gonna go over an example of an organizer that I made real quick that multiple chapters have adapted to use for their work with getting grass tops um, endorsements that will impact Congress. The way that this spreadsheet works is there's two tabs on the bottom here. One is where you'll keep track of community leaders that you have leads with. And the other one is where you'll get ideas for who to get leads with. Um, so you'll always start um, using this spreadsheet with the second tab, which is a little silly, but the reason for that is because eventually you'll mostly only use this first tab. Um, so we'll go over step one first, which is tab two. Uh, there are some instructions at the top and how it works is this blue section is all about legislative connections. So that's when you look into their leadership roles, committees they serve on, caucuses they're in, 
local causes that they champion, and any relevant staff connections. And then if you already have existing connections to any of these people or organizations within your chapter, you'll make note of that here. Um, if we have contact info for either the person or the volunteer, you can put that in the contact info section. And uh, whatever you do or don't have, you can create an action step for anybody that you think you should be further in your relationship with. This green section is for those personal connections. Um, so any religious connections you can think of, educational, professional, uh, clubs that they're in or donor connections as well. And uh, these other columns work the same way as the blue section. And finally, the orange section is for relational connections. So that's family, friends, other personal connections like that. Um, so this is a great way to keep notes, put down ideas um, and talk them over with everybody who's working on grass tops in your chapter. And then once you have this filled out and you have some leads and you've started talking to some community leaders, you can make note of them in this first tab here. So you'll write down the name of the organization or the individual that you've gotten in contact with, who, if it is an organization, um, you'll want to put down the contact name for that organization, as well as the title of anybody you're talking to. Uh, then there's space for all of their contact information. And you always want to make sure that you have a delegate in column G in this delegate column. That's the volunteer that's, um, that's made that relationship, made that contact, and is continuing it. Um, so that if somebody else wants to go after that community leader in the future, then they know who to contact to see where that relationship left off. Uh, you should also have a goal for everybody that you're talking to, whether that's to get an endorsement, have them post on social media, have them attend a lobby meeting with you. Um, having those tangible goals will be very helpful. This column asks if your community leader is in the Grass Tops Engagement Tracker. So before you go after any community leaders, you should be checking the Grass Tops Engagement Tracker to see if they're already in there. Um, if they are, then you should contact the delegate and ask them if it's okay to move forward before you do. Um, and once a community leader has endorsed, they will automatically end up in the Grass Tops Engagement Tracker. So you don't need to put them in there yourself. And then once they are in the Grass Tops Engagement Tracker, make sure that that delegate applies to be their delegate as well. And then this last part over here is for all of the contact you make with them, just making notes about how that contact went, if they agreed to do anything, if you're planning to follow up, that's where all of that would go. Um, so this is a great example of an organizer. I will also share this link when we get into resources a little bit later. Um, and like I said, it's super adaptable. So if some of this stuff you don't feel like you need or want, um, then you can absolutely get rid of it and make this spreadsheet work for you and your chapter. Um, there are also some other CCL resources that I want to share with you, like the Member of Congress biographies. These are great. Um, you can see every member of Congress on that link and see some information that CCL's already co collected about their background. Uh, here is the link to the Grass Tops Engagement Tracker. So that's where you go uh, before you start contacting a new community leader to make sure that we haven't contacted them in the past. Some other good links are govtrack.us. This is just a public website with information about Congress people. So is congress.gov, there's that one. Um, you can also look at any of their campaign pages. 
Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, those are all good. Some of them have TikToks as well. Um, Open Secrets is a website that has a lot of information about donors. If you wanna uh, see if you have any contacts there or if you wanna make any. And then uh, the con every congressperson has their own website as well. Um, and those are usually just lastname.house.gov or lastname.senate.gov. Um, so I will go ahead and copy and paste that too so you can remember that that's how to find those websites. Um, and those are great because they will only put their priorities on there. They'll usually have an issues section with stuff that they're working on and then you can see what, what they really do care about and what they're really working towards. I also have some more questions that you can ask yourself for your members previously held, uh, previously held positions, who were their coworkers? So this is before Congress. Um, what boards do they sit on? Can you influence other members of that board to help move your MOC along? Do you or your chapter have connections to family or friends that attended the same school, university, maybe they're in the same alumni org? What connections does your group have to the civic or religious organizations your member belongs to? Which other elected officials do they look up to or are they friendly with in their party or better yet across the aisle? A lot of Congress people have friends um, in Congress that they will often work with. Um, and sometimes they'll like introduce bills together, things like that, that's how you can tell. Or you can ask their aides when you're in a lobby meeting with them. Uh, who gives them endorsements during the campaign? These are particularly good groups to approach because the member will want them to re-endorse in the next election cycle. So there's a lot of information, a lot of questions to ask, so much research to conduct that could leave you with a huge, huge list of options. So once you have that list, be sure to highlight the trade-offs involved in deciding what to focus on um, and prioritize using the resources at your disposal. Uh, we know your time is precious, so these tools will help you balance knowing what to prioritize in terms of where you already have active leads with your group's connections. It's always great to start with that low-hanging fruit with people that you already have that relationship with, and who may be most strategic to reach out to in order to influence your member. So this may be some higher reaching fruit, um, but people that will genuinely be of interest when you go to a lobby meeting and say, look who endorsed. I know you care about this person or this organization. Now let's go over how to research for impacted industries. These are the community leaders that can bring those personal stories and local experiences of climate change to your congressperson and help contextualize your ask for their support for strong climate legislation. Be sure to look to see who is already being tracked in CCL's Grasstops Engagement Tracker before you start a new spreadsheet or start communications with a local community leader because they may have already been contacted by a CCLer in the past or they may have even endorsed already. And once you've done that, you can add them to your list of potential community leaders to engage by asking these questions. Who are the biggest employers in your district? How will they be impacted by climate change? Set meetings with them and work towards getting them to come with you to talk about how they are planning to climate, uh, to how they are planning for climate change, or if they're dealing with it already. Um, yeah, them coming with you to a lobby meeting is absolutely ideal. But even if they write an open letter or help you write an op-ed about something like this, that would be huge. 
what are the unique impacts in your district or state? Uh, right now, we're working on getting the RISE Act passed, and that's going to be really influential to Great Lakes areas as well as the coasts. Um, so these are great questions to consider when we have really specific climate policies like that. Um, and then who are some unusual voices that may be impacted that you could speak to? Uh, skiing and water skiing are examples, fishing, hunting, farming, they're organizations that support all of this. Uh, what industries are most likely to be impacted down the line? So maybe someone's not being impacted right now, but they probably will be sooner or later. You can plan to connect with them, learn from them, and highlight the impacts that your community faces. And once you um, ask those questions and you have some ideas, you can place these names in your organizer as well. All right, and I'm gonna play you guys a quick video. And I realized I might not be sharing my sound, so I may have to reshare. Um, but this is a video about the personal and relational passions of Congress people that ended up influencing bills they supported and issues they championed. Congressman Blumenthal is a, the, the founder and co-chairman of the Congressional Bike Caucus and has been very involved with the Rails to Trails program and a lot of different bills around bicycling. And so one thing that he, he always wears is a bicycle pin on his lapel. Um, and those, anything having to do with cycling is, is near and dear to his heart. And so there are also these instances where if you do a little research on members, you might find things that they uh, have a personal passion around, and that can really inform what the policies and positions they take on issues. Members do not exist in a vacuum. Their friends and family do have an influence on them. And this is something important to remember. I don't think you should ever try to reach out to the friends and family of members, but if you do have, have connections with them, they can be influential. Um, one story, uh, several years ago, Senator Mary Landrieu from Louisiana became a champion of shutting down horse slaughter in the United States. And the reason she became a champion of that was quite simply, her daughter was an equestrian and saw a documentary on horse slaughter in the United States and went to her mother and said, mommy, I want you to stop them from killing the horses. And there was no great um, in-depth policy look at it. It was, she had this request from her daughter to, and that spurred her to uh, make an effort to end that practice. A great example of when I was working on the Hill, watching a grass tops leader influence my former boss was when a archbishop from the Philippines came, came to, to talk to him about um, a historical bell that had been taken from the Philippines um, during the, right after the Spanish-American War and the occupation of the Philippines, and the bill had been transported uh, to the United States and was in a, in a museum over here. And my boss, being very Catholic, um, basically directed us right off the bat to do whatever we could to be helpful to the Archbishop. And what really mattered was that particular messenger, being a high-ranking official in the Catholic Church, mattered a whole lot to my boss, probably more so than the issue itself. And so I think it's a good example of sometimes uh, the messengers matter. And when they're when it's coming from somebody, uh, a trusted or respected source, 
um, that can matter a lot to a member, whether or not it's a former businessman and businessman coming to talk to them, or somebody he respects in, in a religious order, or somebody from an organization that he was a member of or has worked with in the past, that, that, that messenger can be very important to change minds on an issue. I think a good example of using a story and, and an example of how it connects to the district to getting a member on board with something is many years ago, um, I was working on issues re revolving around trails and the lack of trail maintenance on national forest land. And this was a major issue where trails were becoming impassable for recreational users. And to demonstrate this, um, we had a, a member of a constituent of a Wyoming Congresswoman took the legislative director of that office out on a trail ride to actually show him the condition the trails were in and how bad, how, may, how bad they were, what bad a shape they were in and the trees were down. And from that uh, actual demonstration of how it was impacting the district in the state, um, that turned into a bill that eventually passed and became one of the major uh, pieces of trail legislation of the last 15 years. Well, it's great if you can take your member out or some of their staff and show them the impacts of climate change in the district. You can also bring that to the office in the form of stories. Really paint a picture uh, for the member or staff, what you're seeing and how this is impacting every day. And that can really be brought to life with a good story. Um, so what I was saying is here are a variety of options that you can consider um, what to do with that research, what to do um, with all of the community leaders that you now have a list of. Um, and it really depends on what best fits your circumstances as well as your community leaders circumstances. So the first option is to seek their endorsement using our new endorsement form. I'm gonna go ahead and pop that link in the chat because I don't think I've shared it yet. Um, the short link for that is cclusa.org slash endorse. Um, endorsements help us keep track of supporters so we can ask them to take more actions in the future. We can also deliver endorsements to Congress. If they're willing to go further, you can ask them to personally put in a phone call to your member. While it's harder to determine if they've actually done this and followed through with the action, this is a great ask for someone who is supportive or generally supportive. They can voice their support for something like carbon pricing or electrification, or they can get more specific and name a bill that CCL is supporting. And if they're ready to raise the bar, you can ask them to join your team, your lobby team, and meet with your MOC directly. This is definitely the best way to leverage Grasstops leaders when you can. Having community leaders go with your team to meet with your MOC is the most powerful thing you can do. Um, you should aim for a face-to-face -face meeting as always, but staff meetings are really impactful. I've been a liaison in the past and getting those face-to-face -face meetings can be really difficult, but I've definitely had some great conversations with staff that I know helped move the needle. And for interactions with MOCs and lobby meetings, be sure to consult with your CCL liaison um, to your member of Congress. You don't wanna ambush your liaison by bringing along a community leader that they weren't expecting. Um, and you can help train your community leader to be ready to share their story. Members aren't won over by facts alone. So the importance of these stories in relationship building and persuasion truly cannot be overstated. 
I do want to make a quick note, beware of bringing a leader that may be a powerful influencer in your district, which is great, but who will end up bringing a, a partisan um, kind of aura to the exchange, which is not great. Uh, this type of interaction can backfire and should be avoided. Um, for example, bringing only Democrat commissioners to a meeting with your Republican congresswoman. I don't think that would help sway her at all. And here's our next video. So this one um, is an example of doing the research, getting the endorsements and delivering them to Congress. This is from North Carolina CCLR Steffi Rausch. She's the former co-lead of the Grasstops Engagement Action Team. And then Don Adju speaks in this a little bit too and he's CCL's former director of programs. Um, I've been doing this for five years now, and um, I also helped to co-lead the Grass Tops Action Team. The Asheville is a big beer town, um, and when I um, started to look at the background of my congressman, I realized that he was the vice chair of the Small Brewers Caucus. Um, and so looking at his committees and what caucuses he's on, we strategically chose to um, target endorsements from the breweries. Um, there's lots of them popping up around here. So a lot of employment goes on with breweries here. Um, it does pull in a lot of tourists. So it's um, big for this town. And being that our Congressman was the vice chair of that caucus, it meant a lot. And then looking into that, we found that half the Congress was on the Small Brewers Caucus, which was like an aha moment, like, wow, we could really work this nationally as well. In targeting, once we figured out who we wanted to target, then we wanted to, you know, look at who would be, of course, like the most important breweries, but sometimes you have to work your way up. So we worked at reaching out. Well, first of all, Jim Tolbert was lucky enough to get New Belgium's endorsement. That did help a lot. Um, it doesn't always have to work out that way. I think once you get just a couple endorsements, um, maybe three endorsements, then you're kind of on like a, you're going to ride a wave. Once you just get those first couple ones, usually those are the hardest. And then you ride that wave and hopefully more and more will start to come in because then you'll kind of share with others, hey, we have this person signed on, this person signed on. They all know each other. They'll recommend others. They'll say, have you talked to this person? You should talk to that person. Um, and then I, the next best thing was after we got so many, uh, around, I think we had 10 endorsements. Um, we One of the brewers who speaks a lot with the congressman because apparently the brewers do that a lot um, to talk about taxes and all kinds of things that, that they're trying to seek tax credits on etc um, one of them had mentioned that we had gotten 10 endorsements to the congressman uh, congressman's office and they reached out to us to ask about the endorsements so we felt it was appropriate at that time to um, set up a meeting or ask them would you want to have a meeting with the brewers to discuss uh, these endorsements and, and why they want action on climate and how it's impacting their industry and why they support uh, this solution and or legislation? Out of all the face-to-face -face meetings we've had with the congressman, we've had five so far, this was by far the best and the longest. It, he allowed us a full hour. 
he was in district visiting and so he came to us and he chose uh, the brewery that he liked to have the event, the meeting at and uh, that venue was um, happy to have him and provided food um, and so some of the other breweries traveled from far from far away but they made it and we had a really good genuine one hour um, discussion better than we've ever had. So I think getting meetings with endorsers, when you get enough of them, setting up a meeting with that industry to discuss how it impacts their industry and how this legislation or solution would help is by far the next best step. So I kind of feel like it's like stepping stones. You know, you work your way from figuring out what committees or caucuses they're on to what endorsers you should get that relate to those and then setting up a meeting with those businesses and the congressmen at that moment. And that's when things really start to fall into place. The other avenue we're taking is financial services committee. That's what our congressman is also the, a chair in the leadership on. And so we're gonna focus now on the banks and insurance industries. So it's just looking at where their interests lie and targeting those endorsements and then eventually meetings. That's where I feel it's at. I really do. So what does this mean for you? Uh, what does it mean for your district? Oh, a lot of districts across the United States have very specific industries that hold up those districts. Let's think, uh, think about out in California, um, like the San Joaquin Valley and uh, all the nut groves out there, uh, specifically the almond trees. Uh, those growers are a great opportunity to, to engage. That's an industry that we can look to. Another option is in Florida. We think about the citrus growers, the orange growers. Uh, there are several districts where citrus production is the main agricultural product. And so when you have that type of, uh, that, that type of single industry that really sustains a single district, you've got a lot of power there. You've got a lot of opportunity in engaging those, engaging those folks, engaging those business owners and bringing them to the table so they can share their stories with their member of Congress. And that's what we can do in terms of moving these members so that they see the impact. So they are hearing it, not just from us, but from the folks that are actually on the ground, who are the main drivers, main economic drivers of those districts. The more you can bring in those type of voices, the stronger your voice will be and the more trusted a voice you will be in Congress and specifically to your member of Congress. Okay, uh, so hopefully now that we've heard from the Hill, we've heard from volunteers, we've asked ourselves so many questions um, and we've seen some examples of how to organize our research. Um, you are able to conduct research on your member and target your local grass tops engagement to those community leaders who will be the most influential. And finally, find the right way to bring that support to your member of Congress, whether that's getting a bunch of industry specific people to come um, at a place of their industry and meet with your congressperson, or it's to deliver a fat stack of endorsements to a staff person, or it's to show off some op-eds that community leaders have written with you. Um, just making sure that your member sees all of this support, um, whatever you can do. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sabrina. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. You have a great night. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? 
Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.